You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and I'm digging into the mailbox today, and I thought this is a really good question that somebody asked about the OPT model. It's basically... Um, in the OPT model, do it. You have to do it exactly like the model says. Anyway, let me let me read the question and then we'll discuss. So it says, "Hi, Dr. Ritchie. This may be a dumb question. I doubt it. And maybe I need to stay out of the NASM group because the OPT model is is meant is it meant to be used to a T? Now the uh, the NASM group is the the Facebook group that's there. All right, so." Um, is it supposed to be done to a T? Exactly how it's written. I'm trying for the 100th time to try to understand programming. I'm about to give up on personal training because I feel like a fraud. I've been uh, in the business longer than I'd like to admit. People in NASM groups say that they don't use certain things or they only did in the beginning and now they blend things. I just really need something straightforward to follow. I really want to grasp programming. And I really struggle with things. Um, do you do any tutoring or know anyone who does? Maybe you can help me feel more confident. Lauren, first off, it is a dumb question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not. Uh, it's not a dumb question. It is a question that we get a lot. It happens a lot. People want to know about this OPT model and, and is it supposed to be performed to a T? And I'm I'm gonna say this, and this is, is the example I give. I've given it on the show before, and I'm gonna give it again. And the example is this. So first of all, like um, my son, my my middle child loves cooking. He loves baking. He loves creating, and he loves people eating his masterpieces. Sometimes it looks bad, and it tastes delicious. Sometimes it looks delicious. Anyway. We'll leave it there. And then like, he does a great job. He does a great job. But what he does very well is he follows recipes. And if we don't have something, he will go to the store. And I think he likes it. He likes the freedom. We live in, in New York, so he can just walk down the block and go to a grocery store and then come back. He doesn't have to have somebody to take him. And I know so many of you are going, oh, how old is he? Is he walking by himself in New York City? Like from middle school on, kids go to school by themselves on and on. Don't, this is not about New York City. And no kids walking. This, he's safe. He's fine. Here's what it is about. He goes and he gets the recipe and he gets the ingredients and he comes back and he measures it all out, puts it in the bowl, mixes it, does the times, everything. And sometimes it works out great. Sometimes uh, it doesn't. Most of the times it's fantastic. Why? Because he um, he followed a recipe. He followed it exactly. And then it turns out similar to what it looks like and what it's supposed to taste like in the book or on the Alexa device. I had to whisper it. She didn't hear. All right. So the reason this is important is because he's um, he's new and he's inexperienced and he doesn't have like this idea of this is the type of flavor that that I uh, I like to use and this is my style and this is 
my client and or or you know my parents he has to he has to switch some things like if it calls for certain things that people can't eat then he's got he's got to switch it up that's a that's the same for you as a personal trainer it's the same for all of us and as we get better and we get more reps in and then we start to to go, oh, you know what? I follow this recipe. I know it actually pretty well, but I like to add a little bit of this and I want to, to make it more fluffy or uh, I want to create some more density. Or I need more cream flavor in that. And that would be a nice touch or more tang. So let's add some sour cream. And you get to, you get to uh, like alter it. You get to change it and deliver an experience that fits well with what you know and that you're comfortable with and deliver that to individuals to help meet and match their tastes. So is it wrong that you're in the, the NASM group and the group, some of the people are like, I don't follow it to a T. Um, no, it's not wrong. Cause I, I mean, like I don't either necessarily. I do a variety of things, but I will say this, like the outline of the OPT model, I generally follow a uh, stabilization strength power and then once i go through linearly then i then i manipulate those variables but when when you say what what about the opt model is exact are you are you saying exactly because you're supposed to do core and then balance and then plyo and then maybe saq but saq you can do but you don't have to do and then you go into your resistance training and then maybe there's some cardio in there and like that's that those are components of a workout and i generally add a core exercise and balance exercise throughout i don't always do plyos and i almost always put cardio in there and you may not see cardio show up but the cardio looks different for different people in order to get different results and sometimes it's 30 seconds on 30 seconds off sometimes it's 3 minutes straight Sometimes, so the, the variety, well, does the OPT model say that? And the answer is that no, it doesn't really say that, but it is in line with the model. It's in line with the model. I do start with stabilization. I work myself up to strength, but I don't follow that where I just say, okay, here's four weeks here, four weeks here, four weeks here, because that isn't even what the model says. The model says like, ideally, which means it's not wrong to do otherwise, but ideally you go through linearly stabilization, strength, and power, and there are the different phases within those levels. Once you go through linear, then you can start undulation. Can you start undulation anyway? You can. You can. Um, if you're going to do undulation, I generally like to, to get a good stable base and then at least start undulating your programming after at least a month or so in stabilization training. But if you get somebody and they're like, hey, I don't like the stabilization business. And you're like, all right, well, let me, let's do um, stabilization. And then um, tomorrow we'll do some hypertrophy training. And then you see in the next week, we'll do hypertrophy training first. And then we're going to mix in some stabilization training with your hypertrophy training there, you know, like people are going to start to get buy-in. People are going to get buy-in. And that may be different depending on what client you train. But I like it. 
I, I like it. I still follow the model as a template. I do not follow the model as dogma. I do not follow the model and say, there's no other way to train. And this is the only way to train. No, but I will say that if I'm going to do something, oh my gosh. All right. So here's the thing. You can basically do any exercise that exists and it fits somewhere in the model. So if you're thinking, well, I want to do kettlebells or I want to do this exercise or, you know, can I do Olympic lifts? You can, you can do all of that. It's just, where does it go within the OPT model? Because you can basically do any exercise. It's just programming it in. And so I don't necessarily say, hey, you've never worked out before or you're pretty new to exercise. So let's go straight into a kettlebell snatch. But nobody that's really focused on kettlebells is going to be like snatching is the first place to go. So everything has kind of a build and a direction and and you can build with the model and within the model. And uh, the only time I've ever seen anything really truly a lot different is that some people start with strength training first and then move into um, maybe like peppering in stabilization training. Now, again, that's not wrong. I just don't think that is the best way to go about it because I believe that can set up synergistic dominance. And I want to create stability around joints before we start recruiting some of those bigger muscles. And I like to do endurance first. I like to have people do endurance. Why? Because you're doing heavy lifts, but I have to coach you on how to do the exercise. So let's make it lighter. Let's get in good form and let's repeat it multiple times. And so when it's lighter, I can make changes. I can say, hey, try not to let your knees cave in or try not to arch your back when you do this. And it's easier to follow because the weight is lighter. And then you just do more repetitions, which then feeds that neural circuitry and allows that to wire in your body and say, this is how the movement's supposed to be. Now let's add weight. Now let's make it more challenging. I've created stability. My spine is a better place. My hips, my, my shoulders, there's all in a more stable place before I start adding a lot more load. But like, you can follow the OPT model. You can do your levels of the model. You can do your phases within the levels of the model and you can do your components, but the components are just components, which means like when you get to do things like hypertrophy training, your components might be a push and a pull. It might be legs and shoulders. It might just be back and biceps on one day, right? Does that mean that you aren't paying attention to, to, um, your core and your balance and your plyos. Well, those are less focused on, but they should be occasionally implemented for a well-rounded program, a well-rounded routine. But during that time, during that phase of your training, when you're doing a split routine, like your main focus is muscular development for body parts. That's why when you take a break and you cycle out of it, you either go heavier lifting or you cycle back into a stabilization phase and you build that stability. Now, I'm a big fan of adding the balance exercises strength level because I do think the balance exercises are great warm-ups for your resistance training. I think the core work doesn't have to necessarily, you don't have to do crunches and back extensions and all that stuff as movement prep. That can be part of a workout in a particular day or at the end of each of your workouts. 
because I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing a bunch of crunches in the beginning of the workout, spinal movement, spinal rotation, spinal flexion, spinal extension. Can you do it? Yeah, but you can do it in the beginning as a warm up. But if you want to really work the muscles to exhaustion, don't do that at the beginning of a workout. That is saved towards the end. All right. Um, and then you go, but the OPT model doesn't say that. And the, and the answer is like, it kind of does, but we have to explain how the OPT model can work. If you do core balance reactive training as a warm up, you can't do core to the point of fatigue because that's not a warm up. That's fatigue. So if you want to spend more time working on your rectus abdominis, do it at the end of the workout. And it makes sense. So is it a dumb question, Lauren? Certainly it's not. We get the question a lot. And a lot of people ask this question. And I think it's vital for us to understand that the best part about NASM is the OPT model because it gives a guideline. Otherwise, when you don't have a guideline, you are just making it up. So having a guideline is very, very um, um, central to who and what NASM is. A means, a model of periodization. Because I've read textbooks cover to cover that talk about periodization and you have no idea what a workout looks like. So NASM is basically saying, here's an example. Here is a model. Here is a template, not here is a dogma that must not be deviated from. It's a good method to follow. And it's a method that I follow, maybe not to a T, as I start to involve other exercises and ideas and concepts and different types of undulation. And yet at the same time, it's, it's a model and I still follow it right? Because that is part of how I identify as a trainer. If I'm confused, if I'm lost, if I'm not sure what I'm going to do with a client, boom, here's my, here's a model. And if I just always go back to that model, I kind of have a template and an outline already set and I can start picking sessions, uh, pick, taking sessions and start developing not just programs, but workouts based on those programs because of a model that I follow. And I hope that you found this helpful, Lauren, and uh, and everybody else that's listening that's probably had this question before or has been asked this question. Some of the people in the Facebook group that are speaking to this, but newer clients, the newer cooks in the kitchen are losing it. They don't understand and they feel like all of these people did this NASM study and now they don't do NASM at all. NASM is education that helps to support people reach their goals. And there are techniques that we put together to help guide people on how to do that. But you take information, you assimilate that with things that you know. NASM's OPT model isn't the only information that's out there. It's not the only researched information out there. But you can take researched information that's not in the quote in the model that fits in the model. Any exercise can fit in the model. How are you programming it? How are you putting together your selection? How are, are you going from one body part to the other? Are you doing only total body? Are you incorporating cardio? Is it high intensity interval training? Uh, is it a split routine? Is it supersets? Is it giant sets? Is it one body part? Per, all of that fits within the model. 
right? But as long as you're cycling through these things and you're focusing on adding stabilization to your strength and you're adding maximal strength, if that's a goal of yours, so you're adding um, uh, power, if that's a goal of yours, your goal is overall fitness. I like this idea where you go phase one, stabilization, endurance, phase two, strength, endurance, phase three, I like to add in power because that includes a little bit of heavy lifting and a little bit of plyometric. And so if you do all of those, you get a little bit of everything in your workouts. And if you want to spend more time focusing on something, just program it within the model to a T. I don't know if it has to be, but I think that if you follow the model, you can put anything in there because the model itself is a guideline. It is not a T. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you have questions for me, like Lauren had for me, feel free to reach out. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me at rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.